Hi, this is Pastor Tim Crick, and you are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, a part of the ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us online at www.htelc.com. We worship on Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m., where you are never too late and there is always room for one more. We hope you can join us sometime, and we hope you find the sermon you're about to listen to helps you to understand and experience the depths of God's love for you and the entire world. Thanks for listening. A reading from Exodus chapter 16, verses 2 through 4, 9 through 15. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. That way I will test them, whether they will follow my instruction or not. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine, flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. And when the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Please stand as you're able for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel comes to us today from St. John, chapter 6, 24 through 35. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were beside the sea, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me. Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God, that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. 
They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. So the reason why for the switch from um, preaching on the gospel lesson, which is what, you know, as you know, we, I do the majority of the time to preaching on the Exodus lesson, is that while we are in the gospel of Mark for the, for the year of the lectionary, we are taking a detour for about six weeks into the book of John, and it is almost all of John 6. And it can be a little redundant. It's so much of, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of heaven. I am. Uh, and so if we get an opportunity, well, we'll revisit it. We don't talk about these Old Testament stories nearly enough. And so, uh, so often what we think about the Old Testament is essentially God is a vengeful, angry God. And the New Testament, we have a different idea or, or view of who God is, and I want to combat that because that's not really what is going on in the Old Testament. If we don't take time to talk about these Old Testament stories, these stereotypes or these incorrect ideas uh, just remain in our head and continue to be stronger and stronger. Does that make sense? So I'd like to talk about it. Also, uh, then the question becomes, why is this story selected to go with the gospel lesson, right? Because we always while we don't always read them, there are four readings that are assigned for each week, starting with the gospel lesson, and then a New Testament reading, generally epistle from Paul, a psalm, and an Old Testament reading. And they try and fit what's going on in the gospel lesson. So this morning, we, in that reading from John, we had the really briefly retelling of this story, right? Remember when you were with Moses, or God gave us, bread from heaven. And so it's referenced in the gospel lesson, so that is the Old Testament lesson that is given this morning. So what's going on in this lesson? Again, we can't say enough how much uh, the Exodus story influences everything in the Old Testament. The Israelites were in Egypt, right? They're in slavery. Moses comes, frees them, they cross the Red Sea, and they go to the land of milk and honey. Now, is it immediately after they cross the Red Sea that they are in the land of milk and honey? Is that the way the story goes? No, you have a 50-50 chance here, right? That is not the way the story goes. They cross the Red Sea, and then they wander in the desert for 40 years. They wander in the desert for 40 years. And it is during this time that this story takes place. How good is their memory, these Israelites, according to this story? Not so hot. Because listen to what, i got to make sure I'm on the right page of the bulletin. If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. They are looking back at the past, and they have incorrect memories of what occurred. Does that make sense? They were enslaved. If things were so great back then, why would they want to leave? 
But because of their current situation, the realization of what they were hoping for hasn't yet occurred. So they are in this time of turmoil. They're in this time of limbo. They're in this time of upheaval. And because of that, how does that affect their memories of the past? What's that? It all looks better, right? But that's not true. That doesn't happen today, does it? When people are in turmoil, when we are in times of uncertainty, when the world has feel like it's got us turned upside down or things that we felt like were promised, it affects the way we look at the past. Because we maybe feel lonely now, we want to remember times, whether they were true or not, in which we weren't lonely, right? We want to recreate these things. Because we are feeling depressed now, we want to recreate times in which we weren't feeling that way. That as we listened to a great podcast this, uh, this past week, two weeks ago, that talked about the difference between memory and nostalgia. Memory is recalling events of the past and more about how are we stepping into that story today. Does that make sense? What occurred then and how is that impacting us now? Nostalgia, while it can be good, right? It's always fun to look back on old times and, oh, be flooded with memories, right? That's not a bad thing. And nostalgia has a negative effect to it as well, in which nostalgia isn't even necessarily best on actual events. It is based more on emotion. What do you wish you had? And how can we create memories to give us what we feel we're lacking now? Does that make sense? That is what is going on in this passage of the Old Testament. The people are in this time of transition. They're in limbo. We've used this term over this last year, liminal space. We aren't what we once were, and we aren't what we are becoming. We're moving through. How many people like that uneasy, unsettled, transitional feeling? We either want to move through it as fast as possible and not do the real work that it requires to be healthy, or we want to revert back to what we think was. I like this saying. If the past was as great as you think it was, today wouldn't be as messed up as you think it is. Does that make sense? If the past was really that great, then today wouldn't be that bad. Sometimes I feel like I, you hear me say the same thing over and over, and I'm going to come to it again. As 
with, as Christians with the Lutheran understanding of the Christian faith? Are we theologians of the cross or theologians of glory? Theologians of the cross. What that means is you can call, we can call a thing what it is. We don't have to dress something up to make ourselves feel better about it. Does that make sense? Call a thing what it is. If it's bad, say it's bad. If it's good, say it's good. We are not people of the past. We are people of the future. We are not people of what was. We are people of what is becoming, of what will be. We are people of hope. We are people of the resurrection. We are people of Easter. We see the possibility of what is coming, and we move forward toward that. That really is going to be the, the challenge of the church, isn't it, today? Because the church is changing. Can we admit that right now? What worked in the past is no longer working, is it? And so what we need to realize, our hope is not in an institution. Does that make sense? Our goal, as much as we love the church as it is, our goal is not to pass on the church to younger generations. Our goal is to pass on faith to younger generations. If the church helps us do that, we keep it, right? If it doesn't, then we don't. Even if it worked well for us, it's not about what was. It is about what is or what will be. Too often we are like the Israelite people. We are uncomfortable in the world today. It's changing. Even as we talk about masks, right? Every day we feel like we learn new information. Should we, should we not? Oh, how many people are tired of all this information and you just want it done with? And when you feel that way, it is easy to revert and say, forget it. I'm doing this. I don't care. That's what's easiest for me. Has anybody ever thought that? As Christians, we are called, we are asked to do away with that line of thinking. To see things for what they really are and to move forward and participate in God's coming future. I was just talking, I think, Burl, you had mentioned it to me this morning, that email I sent out, you're like, right, as Christians, we no longer get to say, that's my right. That's not our, we don't get to say that anymore. Rather, what we say is, what's right for my neighbor? You see the difference? What's my, that's my right. Don't tell me, that's my right. And our lives are filled or lived with what's right for my neighbor. 
and we trust what's right for my neighbor is also what's right, what's best for me. And I think we can look to Christ on the cross. I don't think Jesus really wanted to die. If you look at three of those gospel lessons, right? Fourth one, John, we can talk about that. Christ's last words on the cross were, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where are you in this? Right? And yet Christ does what's best for all of us. How can we emulate Christ knowing we are loved, hoping in what will be, and letting that guide us in our life today? That is the hope, that is the mission, that is the goal of the church. May we live into that goal, hope, and mission to the best of our ability today, tomorrow, and every day that is to come. Amen. That's the sermon for this week. We hope from it you learned a bit more about God's love for you and the world. Please subscribe and rate our podcast to help us be found by and reach more people. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, you are loved.